Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Katie F., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Friday, January 13th, 2023, and today we are reading from the big book, and we're in the chapter We Agnostics, page 55, the second paragraph. Actually, we were fooling ourselves, ending with our facts as old as man himself, one paragraph only. And today's readers are, and thank you for your service, for the 12 steps, Toby K, for the 12 traditions, Chris J, reading the text is Barb W, and the ending is Anita L, and our backup is Tanzan P. And the newcomer greeter is Sandy K, and the host of the second hour is Karen K. The reference numbers for Thursday, January 12th, 2023, for the 7 a.m. meeting is 19,843, that's 19843, and for the 10 a.m. meeting is 19,844. That's 19844. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrines. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Toby Kay to read the 12 steps. Hi, this is Toby Kay from uh, Long Island, New York. The 12 steps. Number one, we admitted we were powerless over compulsive overeating, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a, a, sorry, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made amends, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal moral inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, thought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for the knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. 
uh, 12, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to all compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you, I pass. Thank you, Toby Kay. I will now ask Chris G. to read the 12 Traditions. Good morning. This is Chris G. and this is the 12 Traditions. I live in Tennessee. Uh, Number one, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority. A loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, An OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OAS sites ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you. I pass. Thank you, Chris. Okay. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our absence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. And today we resume our study of the big book. We're on page 55, the second paragraph. Actually, we are fooling ourselves, ending with our facts as old as man himself. That's one paragraph only. And I will ask Barb W. to begin reading. Thank you for your service. Barb W., grateful, recovered, 
compulsive overeater in Illinois, actually we were fooling ourselves. For deep down in every man, woman, and child is the fundamental idea of God. It may be obscured by calamity, by pomp, by worship of other things, but in some form or other, it was there. For faith in a power greater than ourselves and miraculous demonstrations of that power in human lives are facts as old as man himself. Oh my gosh. God, please set aside everything I think I know. <laughs> Your will be done. My palms are sweaty. This is when I first read this, going through the steps with my sponsor, my world turned upside down. Everything I thought was one way it turned just turned completely around my life didn't at that point but my my perception did so how could something so unbelievably beautiful that i've seen i've witnessed the paragraph before i've seen with my own eyes how is it even possible for me my experiences had been of my own making i'd been um trying to find peace and serenity. I didn't even know those words, really. Christmas cards, maybe. Abstinence, health. Health, it, it seemed out of reach, no matter how hard I tried. I strived. I tried. I strived. There's a common denominator there. And it be, my life became obscured, or in my higher powers, efforts, on my behalf became obscured by my own calamity making, my eating, my broken relationships, trying to squeeze satisfaction and identity and worth out of things I worshiped outside of myself, surrounding me, my job, other people, my striving for perfection, seeking security and satisfaction from those things outside. And it, it, it eluded me entirely. Um, and so when it is some form or other, it's been there all along, deep down in every man and woman, it's like, oh, my gosh, in, in. I've been striving out. I've been grasping and grappling outside of myself. And to have it be in, oh, my word. And what I've come to know is that I was created with a sticky soul, wanting connection, kind of wanting solutions and wanting relationship with others, but more important with my higher power. No, my soul was so sticky. And so that being deep down inside of me, it's not that I grab out, I go deep. I'm so grateful. And today in hearing the preamble to the meeting, I no, we hear it every day, our soul purpose. And in the context, it's the sole purpose of what we're doing here, what our primary is. And yet this morning with my ears, I hear our sole purpose. And that's what I heard, but the spelling S-O-U-L in my mind today. And so for faith in a power greater than ourselves, miraculous demonstrations of that power in human lives are facts as old as man himself facts, and may they be real for each and every one of us. Welcome to the Still Suffering and those here for the first time and many times. I'm grateful to be here. Can't wait to hear of everybody's experience, strength, and hope. And I pass. Thank you. Thank you so much for getting us started, um, Barb. And um, although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your shares to every third day in order, in order that others might share their experience. 
Okay, so who would like to share on this paragraph? Dara. Linda. 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 Janice P. Dana P. Denise O. Alice W. Alice W. Gladys P. Alice W. Okay, I got you, Gladys. Okay, um, let me tell you who I got. Um, Dara L., Linda D., Janice P.M., Dana P., I believe it was. And then there was someone O. Who had the initial O? O? I thought uh, I had Alice someone w. with I got Alice, Alice w, w. and Gladys. Oh. Yes, I got Alice W. and Gladys P., but I thought there was one more person I missed. Anita L.? Okay. Okay, great. That's Denise a good lineup. O. And Denise O. Okay, I knew there was an O. Okay, so that's a good lineup. Um, we have Dara L, Linda D, Janice PM, Dana P, Anita L, Alice W, Gladys P, and Denise O. Go ahead, please, Dara, followed by Linda D. Oh, great. Thanks so much for your service. I'm Dara L. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Um, there's some background noise, but I live in Philadelphia and I'm currently in Connecticut. Um, deep down, I, you know, I was thinking about me and the disease and what that was like. And there was like this tiny flickering flame inside of me that didn't want to be living that way, that knew that there was something more, something inside of me, something outside of me. But I had a problem of access. I could not get to that. You know, I would have moments of lucidity, moments of grace and beauty, but most of the time I was blocked. And I really have come to believe and continue to come to believe that, um, you know, the source of love is inside of me and it's all around me. But, you know, as life happens, I become blocked. You know, I become blocked from that love. I become blocked from that light. And it's never, you know, I look at where I went, where the disease took me, some of the the horrible experiences, physical, mental, emotional, the torture of that. And I I don't think it was ever a lack of God or a lack of love or a lack of something to believe in, but it was just a problem of access, you know, that the idea of God had gotten obscured within me. And I mentioned I'm, I'm visiting family in Connecticut and helping my mom sort of clean out some things and and in cleaning out some of the photos and old cards, I found a couple of unopened suicide notes that I had written when I was in the depths of my disease to my mom and my sister. And um, it was really humbling to be reading those when tomorrow I'll celebrate two years um, of abstinence yet again, because I'm someone who this is my fourth time recovered. And, you know, what I have found is that the, the light lives inside of me, but so does the darkness, you know? And so if I can just set aside, I, I love what was mentioned about setting aside, but like set aside everything that the disease wants me to believe and do the step work, I can become a channel and I can hear those messages that God has for me inside of me and outside of me. You know, I, I think this works whether we believe in a God that is sort of embodied or believe in a God that is outside, like still the blockages and the barriers are within. And I'm thinking about the spiritual axiom that if I am disturbed about something, the problem exists within me. And so 
um, my inability to access God remains problematic, whether I am, you know, head down in, in a toilet or binging on whatever I, I can get my hands on, or whether I'm just being restless, irritable, and discontent as a recovered woman, and I, you know, and I have to do a 10 step. So, yeah, this is lifelong stuff, and I'm really grateful to be here, and thanks, everyone, for your service, and I'll pass. Thank you, Dara. Okay, Linda D., you're up, followed by Janice P.M. Good morning, everybody. It's Linda D. in Connecticut. I'm so grateful to be here. So it's such an honor to be at this meeting, a privilege to be at this meeting. Didn't Dara say it all? She said it all. Absolutely all of it. Okay, I can only get... Thank you, honey. I can only give you my version. I came here so broken, almost 40 years old, before I even knew I had a disease. I was a little kid in a grown-up body. I didn't know. I did the best I could. Everybody's doing the best they can. Everybody on the planet. That's sad in one way, and it's wonderful in another way. The point is, what am I doing? What do I think I know? I don't know much. I'm I'm uh, one month into my 10th year recovered. That's incredible. I didn't do that. I mean, I did it. I did it, but God did it through me. And I was an atheist. So I was a hard sell. You You really had to show up, God. And it wasn't because I was a bitch or a know-it-all, it was because I, I really didn't know. I did try. I didn't know uh, the word that was used, access. I didn't know. I had no idea. So I can only tell you what I do. <clears throat> Pardon me. I talk to God. I have a different name for God, but God is a, sort of a useful tool. Um, I talk to God as an intimate. And um, this force is, it is love. There's no question in my mind, but it's so much bigger than love. And, and it works bigger. It's, it's just such an immensity. But I'm intimate with it. And I let it take over as much as I possibly can. I talk to it, or he, or she, and I let it guide me about everything. Unless I forget and get panicky, and then I try to figure it out, and then I realize, uh uh-uh, you're the only one that knows the answer. I have to wait. Waiting is very hard sometimes. We all know that for an answer. But the answer comes, and it'll come in a way very unexpected. And that just happened minutes before I came on this line with a piece of information that somehow it ended up in the trash. I had no way to know that. I can assure you I had no way to know that, and I found it. Because I said to God, where is it? I need it right now. It's an emergency. I found it. Now, some people will say that's a coincidence. Oh, (laughs) get over it. After about a million of these, you go, something's going on. Something big is going on. And it's wonderful. Please join in. Thank you. I pass. Thank you, Linda. Janice P.M., you're up, followed by Dana P. 
Well, thank you, Katie F. This is Janice PM, and I live in Massachusetts, and I'm a grateful recovered compulsive overeater. Yeah, it says, actually, we were fooling ourselves. Yeah, that was me. I was so in denial. I had such distorted thinking. Um, I was um, deceiving myself, fooling myself that I could clear and solve this problem of compulsive overeating. Okay, but you see, now this particular paragraph and the paragraph before, we're talking about a God. All right, but this is in hindsight. They've already found that power. And that's what the second step, if you're new, you don't have to you don't have to believe or you don't have to name that power yet. So don't get disturbed. I'm so happy that I have faith in that power whom I call God today because I've did some work to find him. But, you know, um, if we read, <clears throat> pardon me, the, the, um, the step says, came to believe that, that a power, didn't say that a God, didn't say a food plan, it said that a power. So it's telling us that, you know, their experience, not one person, many, 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 many recovered people that deep down, this is where you're going to find them in every, every man and woman and child. It's a basic, a hopeful, that's what it means basic, simple, um, fundamental idea. Is that what it says? Idea of a God, of a power. All right? So don't get all upset that you don't believe in a God yet because I'm one of those that I had faith. I had faith and then I lost it because I believed in a God of my understanding at the time that that God failed me. However, I know today in going through this program that I failed God. And, and this is telling us how, how, we blo- how the blocks, and, you know, they were obscured. They were hidden by the tragedies, the pain of my, in my life, you know, by pomp, thinking I was so, you know, so um, showy, self-worth. I had so much pomp and worship of other things. So they were blocked. They were blocked. But what happened is when I came to OA, I found that power. And you can choose to call him whoever you want. I call him God. I was so self-righteous. I was so prideful, you know, that I could find out. But Time, see, I please. Was all, certainly. I was always depending on the physical but I have a spiritual problem. So those were barriers, all those barriers. And with that, I'm going to pass. Thank you. Thank you, Janice. Okay, Dana P., you're up, followed by Anita L. Good morning, Katie. Dana P. in California. Um, Thank you, as always, for being here and taking the meeting. And thank you, everybody else that's on the line, you know, whether you speak up or not. I know there's hundreds of people here and um, so many voices to be heard. This is really perhaps, in my opinion, my humble opinion, the most important paragraph in this book. 
um, and it speaks to the delusion. Actually, we were fooling ourselves. And what is that delusion that we're separate from this power? You know, we think that it's outside of ourselves. And even the book alludes to that, this power outside of ourselves. But the truth is that it is us. Um, and I don't mean we are powerful or we are the power, but there is no separation. That's the lie. We think that we're separate. We think that we're separate from this power. We think that we're separate from each other. And the truth is we're all the same. Um, and, you know, there's, forgive me for going outside, but, you know, he, heaven is, what is, how does the, the scripture say um, about uh, the kingdom of God is within? And that's the only time I'm going to use that word G-O-D because it's it's so much more than a word. It's so much more than an idea. Um, but that's what it is. You know, this idea, I had this idea somehow that it was separate or outside of myself and the worship in other things outside of myself. Um, and the other thing that I heard that for me was so incredibly powerful and helped me to understand this better is this idea that um, we were not created by God, this idea that, you know, God created us. God did not create this, all of this world, um, rather became this world including each and every one of us. So every single one of us is simply a spark of that greater power um, that is all one and the same. It's all one and the same. And all the stories may be different, but the truth is at the very, very core of us, we are whole, complete, and divine. And that word perfection, I've heard it spoken that the word perfection is is a, a something idea that we have about how we should be and the truth is the word perfection if you look at it uh, it up in the dictionary is that the word perfection means complete and it means whole in all things so we are complete and whole there's nothing lacking um, and that power is within so thanks so much and i'm going to pass Thank you so much, Dana P. Anita L., you're up, followed by Alice W. Good morning, everybody. This is Anita L. from outside of Philadelphia. Very grateful today for this paragraph. I've been waiting all week for it to be read. Um, it's just so incredibly beautiful because I know, I have felt, I feel daily the energy deep down within my soul, my body, that there's something greater than me. And I didn't know it for so long. When I meditate, I feel that energy because I surrender and I ask God to please come in and to speak with to me and to let me know, what is it? How can I best serve you today? And, um, you know, I, I was searching for years and years and years for the thing that would restore me to sanity, to bring that togetherness with my higher power. And I just never knew how to get there. I had done the steps, but you know what was missing? I didn't really do step 11. I didn't take time out daily 
for the meditation. I always did prayer, but the meditation piece was missing. And for me, that's the key, that that connection to my higher power so that I can stay quiet and listen. And deep down, there it is. God, the energy is filling my soul with such goodness and love. And then I can reach out and share it with others and carry the message that there is another way out. I don't need to go to the food today because my higher power is everlasting with love and kindness and grace. And um, it talks about the miraculous demonstrations. I have seen so many miracles. And I have also felt a, a, a huge tragedy in my life. And I can go past that because I know that God has a plan. And when I'm able to let it go and just know that there's so much out there for me, and if it's out there for me, it's out there for all of us. And, uh, and I can be open to the beauty that my higher power has. And I have faith and trust in it today. I know that when I am one with God, you know, I, I put my hand in yours and together we can do what I could never do alone. And who wrote that but Roseanne, our founder? And isn't that what this whole weekend the people in California are doing today? They are honoring Roseanne, the birth of our beautiful program. I believe 63 years. Um, I'm pretty sure she started the uh, Overeaters Anonymous. Time, please. So thank you, Roseanne. Thank you, God. And thank you, all of you. Keep coming back. Thank you, Anita. And yes, it was uh, birth the year I was born, 1960. Okay. And next we'll have Alice W. followed by Gladys P. Hello. Can you hear me okay? Um, Can you hear me? Yeah, we hear you great. (laughs) Hi. Uh, Alice. W from the UK. Um, so lovely to be here. Thanks, thanks for all your service. Um, yeah, just a wonderful, wonderful uh, paragraph. This um, and a sort of highlighted and miraculous demonstrations of that power in human lives are facts as old as man himself. Um, my take on it is that you know we're all made of love. We're all made of God, as you understand what what that is. And the disease for me, it's always there. Um, and, you know, and if I'm in the disease, I'm in the superficialness of I'm d- addicted to food. I'm a compulsive eater. I'm addicted to resentment. I go into this loop of resentment around other people, anything, smoking, um, spending that just takes me away from God. And that's always there um, as sort of the contrast to God. And what I see is when people, you know, do, you know, do what, sorry, I'm getting mixed up with my words. Basically, when people are doing the program and and they're working the steps and they're doing all the things that have, they've seen have worked for other people, um, I can see the miraculous demonstration of that power in human lives and how God is in every man, woman, and child. And it also helps me with fear around health. You know, if I'm worried about a family member, 
I just, it's that whole thing of God is everything or God is nothing. Um, there can't be a bit of God. You can't be half pregnant. It's God is everything. Um, and, you know, there's too many examples. There's zillions, gazillions of examples of people who've been miraculously rewired and transformed that they could never do for themselves. Like I, I have been, um, and I um, have to do those actions. So I was quite sort of put out of the inconvenience of the actions that I have to do because it is inconvenient. Um, but for me, like if I don't do it, I'm cut off from the essence of love and God and um, I'm in my disease and eventually I'm in the food. And so like yesterday, I'd started having thoughts of well, what if I didn't do this, that and the other and uh, I have free will, but if I don't, I, I so the, the, all of these actions are the steps and all the all the things that suggested to us, they are phone lines to my higher power, and I have to keep close uh, because my disease is always there. It's sneaky. It's always trying to get in, so I have to put the time in, um, and then I get this miraculous rewiring and and recovery from God, and I feel it. I feel it now, and helping other people. Um, I could never have done that on my own. I was on the floor. I was, you know, suicidal, just absolutely done. I was about to give up on OA. Um, I don't know if I've gone over my time, um, but I, I, I'm I, now uh, recovered officially. <laughs> that's <laughs> time. Like thank you. That's time. So yeah. I'm, uh, I'm just really grateful. Thank you. <laughs> thank you, Alice. Okay, Gladys P., you're up, followed by Denise O., and then we'll take more names and just a reminder, we're sharing on page 55, the second paragraph. Um, actually, we were fooling ourselves. So go ahead, please. Gladys P. Gladys P, star one. Okay, well, let's go on to Denise O, and then I'll call on Gladys P again. Maybe she had to call back in. Hello, this is Denise O from Wisconsin. Um, reading this paragraph, um, to me, it seems, uh, to me personally, it's a summary of everything I needed to know, but didn't know I needed to know. Um, when I started, uh, I got a sponsor in November, and she said to me to set to write in my big book, the set-aside prayer. And so I wrote it in there because I was very desperate for some help. I wanted serenity. I wanted peace. I knew I was a compulsive overeater. Um, so I said, okay, I'll do it. So I wrote it down. Of course, we read it several times. And I really didn't, um, and I'm talking about the set-aside prayer, I really didn't get how my life was going to change that much. I was like, okay, I'm going to stop overeating. That'll be great. Um, <laughs> Uh, but then it has. I mean, I put down the food November 27th, and um, I'm still working on, still working on things. But that in itself was a miracle. Um, and I guess before I didn't really have access. When I think about it, um, I didn't know how to put the food down because I didn't know how to get God into my life. But now working the steps, I have a plan. Um, I guess I saw that in my sponsor that she had the serenity and, and I would see it at people in meetings and I would see it on visit for me, you, excuse me. <laughs> and um, so it felt possible, which it didn't feel possible for, before. 
And with this message, like I said, it just felt this particular paragraph just feels like a summary of what I need to know. And um, the idea, the idea, and that, uh, the one sentence I underlined was for deep down on every every man, woman, and child is the fundamental idea of God. And I do believe that. And I knew I had lots of things in my way, my ego, worshiping other things that didn't let me have access to God. But now I do, um, which is good. And uh, so now my now what I want to do is I want to have a closer relationship with God, um, serve others, and serve God, and live in that serenity that I went with, that I wanted so much in that first OA meeting. So thank you. And with that, I pass. Thank you so much, Denise. Okay, Gladys P., are you up? Are you there? Okay, well, um, I thought I heard a Gladys P., but uh, let's just open it up for more people who would like to share, if you haven't shared in the last couple of days, on page 55, the second paragraph. Margaret D. Larry K. Larry K. Zakia J. What is that, J? Zakia J from New York. Zakia J. Okay. Who else? Sandy K. Sandy K. Jody E. Joanna B. Carolyn S. from New York. Carolyn S. Okay, let's stop there because I haven't even looked at what time it is. Okay, we have 18 minutes. <laughs> One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Okay, so we'll try to get through all of these. I have Mary D., Larry K., Sophia J., Sandy K., I think it was Jody E., Joanna B., and Carolyn S. Go ahead, Margaret. Hey, everybody. Good morning. My name is Margaret D., and I'm so grateful this morning, grateful to be a recovered compulsive eater, and I live in Georgia. Um, the thing that's popping up in my heart and in my head this morning as I'm listening is um, the idea that the fundamental idea of God can be obscured by calamity. I remember... Um, when I was about 12 years old, um, there were a lot of big events that had happened in my life that I had no way to deal with other than to be angry with God. Absolutely. Um, death of a parent, um, some sexual abuse that happened, um, some animals that were slaughtered. I mean, it was all of it was really more than a 10-year-old could take in. And I remember one night during the, um, in the middle of summer, just going outside by myself and sitting out in this, um, we're, I grew up in the country, in this little grassy meadow looking at the stars. It was a beautiful night. And actively thinking, if this is the best you can do, God, I don't want it. I, I'll take it from here. Thank you very much because this is just not, this is ridiculous. And, you know, with, with the intensity that only a, a preteen can muster up, 
um, I shut God out of my life or thought that I had for years and years and years. It, while in the meantime, Margaret, we can't hear you. Okay, can you hear me now? Yes, we can. Okay, um, so I spent, or I gave a lot of face value to, um, you know, looking good as far as I'm doing all the spiritual stuff or whatever. But basically, in my heart, I was like, I'm not doing this. It was, my face was so obscured by calamity, absolutely, totally obscured. And there was no place to go except into an, um into the addiction, you know, the eating disorder, whatever, because you can't live, I couldn't live without faith. I had to have faith in something, whether it was faith in food or faith in, you know, the disease or as a remedy or whatever. But what I'm finding out now, how things have really changed, is as I listen to people in the meeting or recovering people, period, or people that do have that knowledge, um, not even the knowledge, but the fundamental idea of God, and they're in touch with it, is that a lot of these things that happen... Time, please. And um, were improved, we're not improving, but um, producing endurance to make my faith stronger. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Margaret. Okay, Larry Kay, you're up, followed by Sukia J. Good morning, Katie. Good morning, everyone. Larry Kay, recovered compulsive reader from Chicago. Um, you know, when I when when I read this paragraph, I, I I think of something that Carl Jung said. He said that that until you make the unconscious conscious, it's going to direct your life, and you will call it fate. And, you know, I've been giving some thought, you know, about this, this whole, you know, idea of spiritual habits, right? Becoming, um, this idea of becoming. And, um, we, we, you know, what we have is we have this opportunity to, uh, to build spiritual habits. That, the repetition of this stuff, you know, and, 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 and working the stuff embedded in working the steps are what habits are we doing? What are, what are we doing each day to, you know, one of the questions that I ask myself each day is I ask myself, well, what would a recovered person do as I, as I, as I, um, you know, deal with life and as I navigate through life, what would a recovered person do? Now I'm not, not saying that I necessarily know and the big book sort of guides me in that regard, but what would a recovered person do? Uh, for example, would a recovered person, um, you know, is it my understanding that a recovered person would deal with people with compassion and love and tolerance versus division and, you know, telling them what to do and, you know, and dealing with them in a sort of an aggressive, judgmental way? Well, for me, I keep coming out, you know, God puts that in my heart. A recovered person would deal with people with compassion and love and tolerance and truth. Yes, truth, too, as we understand it. So 
you know, for me, when I look at this, being recovered is just a daily thing of cultivating spiritual habits. And then eventually those habits become ingrained and the, the unconscious becomes conscious. I don't even have to think about doing those things. I don't have to think about, you know, eating the right things. I don't have to think about treating people well. I don't have to think about carrying this message. It just becomes a habitual thing. God gave us free will to use. How, are, how am I going to use it today? What would a recovered person do? How would God have me be? What type of man would he have me be today? Those are the questions that drive me. They give me direction. That's the hope that this program hap, uh, has is repetition of, of spiritual habits. With that, I pass. Thanks so much, Katie. Thank you, Larry. Okay, and now we have Sukia J followed by Sandy K. Sukia J. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, yes, I'm Sukia J from New York, a recovering compulsive overeater, and I thank everyone this morning. I remember going to the Concord Hotel for an irregular OA meeting and um, I was so excited. I was so excited to get there cause I, because I wanted help. And when I got there and I was so disappointed when I looked on the, you know, where they sit up on the stage and I saw all these obese people. I, I was, I want, I, to be honest with you, I wanted to cry because I was looking for an answer. And I understand that a couple of the founders died in the disease, but I thank God for vision for you, you know, bringing life to a way and starting to study another way of life, surrendering my food, yes, surrendering my food, but also surrendering my life, surrendering my thinking. It was, you know, yeah, when no guys tell me it's more than just the food. It's surrendering my thinking and surrendering my life, you know, because it's the thinking that led me to compulsively overeat. And I don't want to be on any stage or nowhere or speaking in front of a room, you know, standing with, you know, and obesity and talking. It's like, what do they say? A head full of knowledge and a belly full of food. I don't want to be standing in front of people or talking, even on the bridge. And I am, you know, an obesity, an obesity and haven't really, really changed. So I'm great. I am grateful for vision when it came and it began to study our big book of Alcoholics Anonymous and began to show. And I thank God for the vision for you sponsor that I have and began to show me another way of life. You know, another way of thinking. And, you know, because of that, I'm abstinent and I'm grateful for that. You know, um, so yeah, that's it. That, that That's it right there. I'm, thank you, Vision, for you for breathing life into me. You know, the recovery, the recovery program. And uh, I pass. Thank you, Sophia. Sandy K, you're up, followed by Jody E. Thank you. This is Sandy K from South Florida. Um, this, 
whole chapter was written by people who are agnostics because no place in the book does it say, well, we're not like this, but you should do that. So these are the people that were agnostic and found power greater than themselves. When I first came to program, I, um, I guess my, my faith was obscured by the lack of faith in my family. Um, the only time I ever heard religion spoken or God spoken was people who needed God were weak. Now, those are the ones that needed to go to temple. Those are the ones that needed to go to church. And I guess I was, you know, I was very impressionable as a young child. And then I never thought about it before until I came to OA. And, oh, my God, <laughs> I had to find a power greater than myself. Um, so I do believe, and that was like 38 years ago, I do believe that Something inside of us is there. I do believe that every person has that. But what the big book doesn't say is what that is. So we're left to our own description. And if it were not for that, I may have left away because my first power was the energy of the group. And it's changed since then. But um, if you're agnostic and listening to this, I guess like I was, um, you know, these are, these are testimonies of people who are just like us who found a power greater than themselves. So I thought to myself, if they could do it, I could do it. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you so much, Sandy K. Jody E., you're up, followed by Joanna B. Hi, this is Jody B., like boy, from Minnesota. Okay, thank you, B. Oh, you bet. Um, so, so glad I'm here. I'm new to A Vision for You and looking for a sponsor, but I've been around for a few months listening to you guys and just feeling so much a part of you, and thank you absolutely. Um, I love this paragraph, just like so many of you. Um, I was sharing with a someone who knows the big book very well one time about some conundrum I was in, and... Um, talking about my belief and um, whatever it was we were talking about in the context, this person said, well, you know, you're an agnostic. I said, no, I said, I believe in God. And they said, that's an atheist. You know, if you don't, if you think you don't believe in God, you know, but an agnostic is someone who believes in God, but just doesn't act like it. And I'm, that resonated with me so much that day because I, I was beginning to learn that I can be in my prayers and meditation all morning long, and then when I stand up and start doing my day, I don't even act as though I believed what I believed in my prayer and meditation. And so as I was really living in that learning, it was like, boy, I most of the time walk around unconscious. And it helped me recognize those moments when I'm unconscious and conscious. And of course, I'll never do that perfectly because I haven't passed to the other side yet. But as I read some of these passages, one of the things that really speaks to me in this paragraph is those first five words. Actually, we were fooling ourselves. And how many times throughout the day do I get to say, actually, Jody, you are fooling yourself. Just right now, you are fooling yourself. And when I can be mindful of that, 
then I can recognize, and I had to believe at first what the book said, for deep down in every man, woman, and child is the fundamental idea of God. And when I let go of all my old ideas, then in consciousness, new ideas come. And I get to believe every day that deep down within me is the fundamental idea of a power greater than myself. And if I'm with a power greater than myself on a regular basis, on a conscious basis, I'm going to have a much better day. Thank you so much for listening. I'm so glad I'm here with you all. Thank you, Joey B., and welcome. Okay, Joanna Joanna B., you're up next, um, and you'll be our last share. Carolyn S., if you could please hang around for the second hour, that would be great. Joanna B., star one. Okay, well, how about Carolyn S.? Are you available? Yes, this is Carolyn S. from New York. I'm a okay, recovered compulsive. Can you hear me? Yes. Hello? Oh, okay, good. Um, I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in New York. And this um, paragraph, the first time I read it, I was just floored because you know, the idea of God inside me, I, I felt like I always had to reach, you know, upward and look at the sky, and it, it was a very stiff process. Um, but now I know that God is in there. So when I say, God, please help me, I'm not looking at the sky, I'm looking in, inside. I'm saying, please let me feel you. I know you're there. Just please help me feel you. And, you know, it says here that everybody has faith. It just depends on what it is. You know, I had faith in my intellect, I had faith in, you know, money. <laughs> I um, I idolized things that were not, you know, what I really need, which is the spiritual relief and release. Um, and I was fooling myself that I was an agnostic or an atheist um, because I thought that was the intellectual way to be. You know, it was Religion was for suckers, you know, who who weren't happy with their lives here and were told, you know, don't worry, the next one will will be better. Um, But that was all an intellectual exercise. Once I looked inside, I found a power greater than myself. And I started seeing things I'd never seen before. Little miracles, big miracles, gifts. Um, So today, my relationship with God is not obscured by calamity. Even when calamity comes which is, you know, definitely here for me. But um, I, I try to focus my gratitude on my higher power. Thank you. I, I pass. Thank you so much. And we have um, 10 seconds, so we're going to go ahead and end. Um, thank you to everyone who shared. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. And the share ID for today, Friday, January 13th, 2023, 7 a.m. meeting is 1,000, I mean 19,850. That's 19850. We will now close with the reading from the pig book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Anita L. please read a vision for you? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Good morning. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. 
God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your mor- in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit. And you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.